Mabuhay, kapwatids. My name is Aini. And my name is Stephanie. Welcome to the Babaylan Bruja Book Club Podcast. We have come together in efforts to decolonize our minds, bodies, and reconnected spirit by ways of relation via conversation, education, interpretation, and integration. So this is our invitation for you to join us on our journey as we discuss the works of honored artists, authors, and thought leaders in the Philippinex diaspora. Quick disclaimer, we want to acknowledge that in this moment, everyone is consciously where they need to be. And we are not experts, but we are sharing our own unique lived experiences. As always, before we begin, we want to take a moment to ground, taking a pause to drop into our bodies and become fully present in this space. If it is safe for you, we invite you to close your eyes and direct your focus into your breath. Take a few deep inhales and exhales. Conduct a quick body scan. Relax your shoulders, your jaw, shake out your hands, straighten your spine. Picture streams of light coming from the heavens as they pass through your body, from your head to your feet, as they connect you to the ground and into the earth. Much reverence to all our ancestors, guides, animals, plant ancestors. Minerals, all of the elements and directions, God, source, whatever you refer to as a higher power for this gathering. We invite all of these forces in to guide and support our conversation today. We pray that they may guide and support you too. I am currently on the ancestral Bay Miwok Yokut land in the Bay Area, California. Aimee is residing on the ancestral lands of the Shawnee, Wyandotte, Miami, and Delaware nations in Ohio. We acknowledge and thank all of these forces for bringing us all together in this moment, no matter wherever and whenever you're tuning in. So as we start our episode, I thought we would um, just check in. Um, and we can ask each other and then you can maybe ask yourself, like, where are you? Where's your, where are your intentions today? And where's your heart? So um, for me, I am checking in with joy and hope and also awareness and gentleness, just as we've had, um, we've had like a really busy week. It was my daughter's birthday and I had a lot going on with my business so I'm just trying to be aware of um of where I feel stressed right or where I feel like guilty that I'm not spending enough time with my kids because my business is taking them taking me away from them so just trying to um, be aware of that and treat myself with gentleness and um so my intention is to be present here today, right now, with my sister here. Um, and my heart uh, is looking forward to springtime. It is snowy out here. Um, but all in all, my heart is full. My heart is good. Both good things and bad things. Both and. Both and. What about you? Yes. Both what about and. you, Steph? 
I love that. Um, I'm checking in with lightness, um, working on discipline, um, been doing some shadow work this past week and it's the integration has created sort of this extra fire under my Mm. ass (laughs) so um this is normally where I would be very low energy or turning more inwards and I think I'm definitely doing that more inwards but um work but um my energy is higher um and my intention is to really stay present um trusting in divine timing you know as, as I was sharing with you like I felt like I was being pulled in different areas. We, like we were talking about, there's not enough time. There's not enough time in the day for all the things, all the things. And yet um, trusting that things are happening how they're supposed to does provide a sense of peace for me. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I've got to be there and over there and over there and over <laughs> there at the same time. <laughs> um, my heart is excited for February. It's Aquarius season, bitches, and it's my birthday season what? too. <laughs> yeah, so um, a lot of stuff coming up in February for me, um, mentally, physically, spiritually, and so I'm really excited to see how those things kind of help me continue um, remembering and decolonizing, and um, you know, be in service um, for you know the the collective yeah. humanity so yeah really tuning inwards in february it's very heart centered which is very ironic too <laughs> you know quote unquote valentine's <laughs> month so. well that's cool that's exciting i'm excited for you i can't wait to see what february holds then thank you yes yes um it's my jesus year it will be Ooh, my jesus okay year. okay <laughs> Yeah, pray for me because you know what happened to Jesus when they turned 33, <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe I'll reach my light body status. I don't they know. Go. You never know. So we will move into, um, as you all know by now, we have a little bit of a structure to keep things from going too <laughs> off into tangent because me and Amy can talk forever yeah. about things, <laughs> all the things. Um, so we usually do like a chapter overview. Um, and then after that overview summary, we move into vocabulary words. We both pick one each and then we move into a quotes piece and then we close out with prayer. Um, so we'll transition now into the chapters overview. So chapter two was a uh, 39 pages of textbook sized <laughs> yes. fonts. So we decided to split it into two um just to kind of give room for richer dissection and conversation also um you know respect to like our times because you know very much a mother and a and a caregiver and a business owner and um you know just being practitioners in our own ways um during the week so um we split it so we're going to honor pages 69 to 84 today and um, we want to give a nod off to people's names. So just want to kind of preface that there were a lot of beautiful stories yes. in here of a lot of Abailan or Na. We're going to talk and dive into that a little deeper uh-huh. later. Um, 
But just kind of going into the summary. So I love, love, love the Philippine lore piece. And uh, Philippine lore is kind of nodding to the idea around the Adam and Eve story. How do we get here? How did this start? All that. And Philippine lore actually says that we that God took bamboo and ba- split the bamboo um, into two at the same time. It wasn't no Adam and Eve. <laughs> Adam first, then Eve. It was both. So he made the man, which was Malakas, which means strong, and woman for Maganda, which means beautiful. And so we just want to kind of acknowledge that Babylon appears as woman and man throughout history because that's what it is to be. Yes. And so we just kind of want to take a quick nod. Again, there's so much rich information in this mm-hmm. chapter. So definitely to read more into these folks and, and what they did for, for us and for, you know, our, our yeah. future. Yeah. Did you know about the Philippine lore? Did you know about that story? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I know. Me time. too. And I love how the author is just like, she says something like, um, you know, she gives a nod to how the bamboo was split in two, right? But she's like, um, unlike other stories, <laughs> I thought, oh, shade. Yeah. And I love that it, it probably says something about our indigenous yeah. roots, how, you know, we were equal. Yes. <laughs> well, debatable, but. Um, and then we just want to also acknowledge the author of this chapter, which was um, Katrin. De Gia? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, so, she's the one who spoke of this. This she's the one who narrated this um, overview. This this chapter. So, all right. So we'll kind of go through the names now. I'm gonna start them off. Yeah. Me. So um, I'm gonna talk a little bit more about this later, as this is part of my quote, or actually my uh, vocab word. But uh, the Babylon as mythic man, and mythic man was a a term coined by the Filipino novelist N.V.M. Gonzalez. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then the next segment kind of briefed into the Palawan chanter. Um, her name is Minan Renita. And she was a native that resided on Palawan before. Of course, you know, the colonizer came and thought that these brown folks needed help and he was cool though i liked reading about her and her story totally yes love like the way that they kind of portrayed how she sang just because she weren't that's what her heart told her to do um and she was related to the next person which is oreos solito aka arturo calo um, he was a filmmaker and theater director. Um, and how do you say this? How do you think you say this? Tungkol? Tungkol. Tungkol in Palawan uh, was recognized as a tribal chieftain and shaman. And they were usually always men. Interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> right. I don't know if Tunkol is pronounced differently. Palawan, do they do Tagalog? I don't. I know that. uh, No, I don't. I don't know. That means something I'll look up. Yeah. Because, you know, we have like so many dialects. We do. But I know they're. (laughs) Maybe they. uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
All right. Well, the next segment talked about the Filipino cultural bearer of Babayla. And it was sort of a bridge, I think. Katrina kind of wrote to summarize about the oncoming legacies and um, in a more like multi-societal neutral interpretations. If kind of continuing the conversation, like were these people Babayla or not? I know we're going to dive into that later. So I don't want to like give all the juices away at the start, but um, wanted to acknowledge Babaylan was also known as Bailian, Catalonan, Maaram, Mangtatawas, Mambaki, Tungkol, as we just talked about, etc. Um, and I love that this, she kind of touched into this term that was one of my vocabulary words. So we'll we'll go into that a little bit later. But it's the it's IKSP, and it stands for Indigenous Knowledge Systems and Practices. Yes, and so she also talked about the Mombaki artist, Robert Villanueva. He was a culture bearer artist. Um, he transformed a performance installation with his native culture as inspiration. And he performed, quote unquote, performed uh, these pieces in Manila, New York, Japan, Australia. And if, interestingly enough, he collapsed during performance and was diagnosed with leukemia. Yeah. I know, sad. His story is really interesting, especially the discussion around, was he Babylon yeah. or not? Yes. Um, and so that brings me to the Babylon inspired artist segment, which where Midori Francia was cited. She's an Asian American art theorist, and she comments on the works of Roberto Villanueva, the Mumbaki artist. And how his, um, you know, his art basically was a result between the tension of modern and tribal traditions. Um, and that really took me to my Harry Potter shameless plug nerd days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, around like imperialism and like um, staying in the same race, mm-hmm. like, you know, keeping it. And there's a validity, of course. I'm not saying I'm pro or against any of that, um, but it just does inspire that deeper conversation around who gets to claim this and who doesn't, mm-hmm. who needs to marry within this lineage and who, who can't, you know. Yes, so. we'll get into that. We'll get into that conversation later. Yeah. Oh, yes. And then another (laughs) person we want to give respect to and mention their name was the media artist Angel Velasco Shaw. She was a Filipino-American filmmaker. She um, made the films Nailed and The Umbilical Cord. I believe those were like documentaries. Um, She's a teacher from um, NYC, um, and she did those films uh, they were inspired after she met a faith healer named. Her name was Lucinda Santos Reyes, um, aka Lucy. Um, she's a she's a Bulacan healer, and I thought this was pretty hardcore badass. Um, Lenten season on Good Friday, she was a crucifixion practicer. So. She engaged in that ceremony or that um, scene. I don't know if y'all remember like Stations of the mm-hmm. Cross or there's so many movies and documentaries out there, right? But um, yeah, she did that. Um, so when she met, um, when Angel met Lucy, Lucy was 
basically coming down her hand was like being taken off the cross and it had been um, pierced with those nails and she touched Angel and since then Angel was like it was a wordless interaction and Angel was probably like what so yeah <laughs> um, and I love this that um, it was like talking about how that transitioned Angel from becoming like a spectator mm-hmm. in the faith to participation in the faith um, faith meaning you know obviously the spiritual kind of pathway that we all go down so in our own ways um so yeah yes so I had just a real quick rabbit trail I wanted to ask you about <laughs> under, under the, yes. sex, the section about the Filipino culture bear as babaylan um and mm-hmm. where Katrina the author narrates um some things she admits she admits um that the tong tongkol air right and she says when yes. she met him like she touched his hand or something and Ooh. you know yeah and, i'm getting goosebumps uh-huh. and then he, she said i saw an open wound appear on the back of his hand right under my thumb he explained that he had sustained a burn he noticed my embarrassment it's all right please don't feel bad he said so basically um you know, he was the heir of a tonkol. So is she saying, at, well, so she touched his hand and saw the burn and then realized that she was, she had been carrying a heavy mood all day, but after that it was dissolved, like it, it was gone. So is she saying that she touched his hand and like all, like all the, her bad mood was like transferred into a burn on his hand um, because he was like the heir of a shaman, a tonkol. Man, yeah. And you're talking about, to be specific, we're talking about the Mumbak. No, no, not Mumbaki. I'm, excuse me. I retract that statement. The tonkol heir, which is oh. Arturo Calo yes. or Araris Solito. Um, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm, for me, what's coming up for me is tying it to that scene of Angel meeting yeah. Lucy. When Lucy did the the whole crucifixion, like her hand was injured. Obviously, they just put a nail <laughs> through it and she reached out to Angel. Right? And Angel felt transformed because it says here too, she was thinking for like three yeah. whole years, like what the what was that interaction? What does it mean? It deeply moved yeah. her. And you bringing up that text, like I didn't pick that up, sis. Good yeah. one. Like this is how like um it kind of symbolizes again the crucifixion piece like his hand was burned yeah. from we don't know what but from it also moved her in a way as well energetically it also sounds like emotionally yes. um, it was very it was a very supernatural very mystic experience sounds like mm-hmm. so anyway i just wanted to i just wanted to touch base on that and ask you about it and what you thought what had happened what happened happened. was what (laughs) happened was i think god came down blessed his hand with an injury right because a lot of times we don't know injuries are blessings Mm. and what they can do for others um and like and yeah it took her it took her bad day her heavy mood away it just mm-hmm. I don't know let it's just it's very uh just speaks to the power 
of the Babylon, right? And he wasn't even he was he was an heir. He wasn't necessarily like he was an heir of a tunko, like because he was. It doesn't say that he was actually like a practicing. Does it? Was he a practicing shaman person for sure? Or he was like he was a filmmaker. He went back. He went back to um, the. He grew up right there. I know we're going. Yeah, off we are. Okay. Things. But yeah, is he one of the? He was an artist, but was the descendant of a Tonko family. I think yeah, he um he was raised like more modern, but then he would go back to Palawan, mm-hmm. right? And he, there's something about it. He was like, this is where I'm supposed to yeah. be. Yeah. Period. Kind of like if you and I, because, you know, not just generally speaking, like we grew up American and then we go back to the Philippines and you're like, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm not supposed yeah. to be in America. You know, I feel like that's what I got from like the reading of like his thought of ways yeah. and maybe because he felt into it and felt aligned that like his divine powers came down. For and- sure. I mean, his it's in his DNA, yeah, his, right? His, his ancestors probably like, don't forget where you came from. <laughs> yes. Have you it. been? Have you been to the motherland? I did. I went my first time um, in 32 years. I went for my 32nd birthday last year before COVID. Okay. It was still wild because it was like I was literally like flying in that area when they were saying like where all this you know, PPE stuff. Um, yeah, I went to Manila and then I um, went to Boracay and then I went to Bali. Cool. Oh, I wanted to go to Bali so bad. Oh, girl, yeah, it's magical. Yeah. And that they say, after reading this, um, I'm, I'm, my intuition's vibing like Palawan. Because my parents even waited. They went because, you know, our parents, like, go back. She, my parents are like, we're going to save Palawan for when we can all mm. go together. And I think Palawan might have that same vibration or energy mm. that um, Bali mm. has. There's definitely an energy there. It's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I need to, like, take a sabbatical or I know. something. We should- <laughs> it was, like, three weeks, and it was not No, three weeks. Oh, my gosh. It takes a week just to... I just decompress right? and to also like get used to the time Girl. difference, man. I know. I was like, I'm supposed to sleep, but I'm wide awake. I'm wide awake. I'm <laughs> yeah. supposed to sleep. <laughs> no. Anyway, okay. Well, we should transition to vocabulary words. We should. And I just want to say, y'all see, y'all see. <laughs> like, thank you for trusting me and I need to guide you as we read this book, you know. <laughs> This Cliff Notes version. <laughs> that was that was sixty nine eighty five <laughs> of content. That's just the summary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so yes. good though. Yeah. So, but we don't have Cliff Notes for Babylon books. So no, this is this we're trying right here. We trying. <laughs> yeah. We trying here. <laughs> All right. So. Vocab words. Um, the vocab word I picked, as I mentioned earlier, is a mnemonic, I-K-S-P, and it's on page 75, and it stands for Indigenous Knowledge Systems and Practices. So the idea behind I-K-S-P is that shamans 
that claim that ancestor spirits bestows their powers on them. Some feel that they receive their gifts directly from God. But basically, they counsel, they heal, they perform rituals, and they safe keep the IKSP, or Indigenous Knowledge Systems and Practices, of their ancestors. They also interpret dreams, treat with herbal concoctions, practice divination and trance techniques, which often involve chanting, dancing, drumming, and invocation. Experts at are un, experts understand um, human nature. They act as ceremonial masters, judges, chiropractors. I love that the helo pops up yes. there. As well as me, I need to go to a chiropractor. <laughs> as well as mediators with the with the invisible worlds. This was interesting too. They find lost things and lost souls and are rewarded with this with eggs, chickens, tobacco, betel nuts, chunks of meat, devotional items, and other gifts. <laughs> <laughs> I like they do everything basically is what is what I, I'm hearing like right. they combine all the things like western culture medicine has like yes or they practice divination and then people are like hey can I can you find my keys I'll give you I'll give you some chunks of meat if you find my house chunks of meat oh my god I need someone to find my sunglasses <laughs> I lost my favorite sunglasses oh. yesterday yes my parents I was tripping I was like because they're prescription too and they're cute oh, they're pretty no, they're prescription you know yes i was like and they're quay so you know did you meditate on it did you did you meditate and ask where they were i had to check myself i was like look this is first world problems <laughs> you can replace these things you yeah. know but i was still like but where are they and i've done this though i've lost them so i was like let me just trust that it will pop yeah. up I hope no, like, fays are playing with me. You know oh, I mean? no, don't mention the fae, man. I mean, that's not even our culture, but you don't want to mess with the right. fae. My cousin mentioned it, and I was like, No. <laughs> can I just shout out to my cousin? I love you, Tam, if you ever listen to this, but <laughs> can I just share that story? Yeah, quick? do it, do it, do it. I was at her house visiting them in Oregon, and she has, by the way, a room that's, like, on the other side of the house, and it's downstairs, and... <laughs> I went up to her room. We were hanging out wherever. And um, she's like, yeah. Uh, oh, prior to that, the day, the morning of my auntie was like, yeah, like she was serving breakfast where she's like, I can't find my cups, like cutlery is missing and all this stuff. And then I went to hang out with my cousin that night. And she was like, yeah, the fae are here. Like they, they're like taking all the stuff in the house. And I was like, what? And I had to go back to sleep at the other side of the house. <laughs> and hello, it's like I have the um, I have personally. I'm trying to get rid of this program, by the way. Like the um, you know, our grandparents, my grandparents are like, uh, if you don't behave, the mumu oh. is gonna get you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the mumu, <laughs> the mumu. <laughs> so I was like, can I bring my? Can I bring your sage with me? She had like a huge sage. I was like, can I bring your sage with me back to my room? Oh my god! <laughs> I was like. I sat in the dark and I was like, I'm not entertaining any of that thoughts because I'm protected. I'm divinely guided. Yes. Like, you know, yes. <laughs> but still I was like, what is the fae? So Did anyways. you look it up? Did you look up? I mean, that's a whole different other cultural thing. I think that's like yeah. Celtic. So just real quick, see the, the tangents. We This is why we have an outline, folks, just so we can keep, we can keep on our business. But here we go. <laughs> so <laughs> earlier, Thanks for earlier listening. this summer a fairy door popped up on our tree it 
you know, like it magically appeared there. I why am I getting I bought it? No, I just okay. bought it from Etsy. But I told I oh. bought, I told my daughter that it, you know, yeah well it's just you know we just have to magical it's magic right and so um she was like we should leave offerings for the fairy and my my, my best friend she's um she's like okay because I was talking about the fae she said don't call don't call it that she said just just call call it anything else you can call it the fairies and but don't don't mess with the Fae. And I keep, and like, I kept hearing that after that, like, don't mess with the Fae. I was like, it's fine. Okay. Like, they are Filipino. Well, they don't know me, right? Right. I don't know. Let the record be known. It's not the Fae. <laughs> Just me displacing it somewhere. Yes. But I really do want to find my sunglasses. <laughs> my, my one friend, like, whenever we're like, first world problems, she tells me. Well, first world problems are still problems. I was like, okay. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Right. Thank you for validating. Yeah. You know, I was like, but you're still a lot of be upset, Stephanie, because, you know, it's something you liked. Like, and there was a lot of effort to making those prescriptions yeah. just right. Okay. So, but um, shout out to you being fairy tooth mother. That's like the, that's like my parents doing the, the, you know, when you lose our teeth, they give yes, us money. Yes, the tooth fairy. And the Santa thing. I remember the Santa conversation too with my auntie. She was like, when did you stop believing? I'll stop there because we'll yeah, go off into Yeah, home. okay. So, but, but anyway, do, to have back a to, to like find your stuff. <laughs> to find my thank yeah. you. Yeah, God, I hope if I find it. If not, that's okay. But I would love to find them. I really would. My, my sunglasses. Anyways, okay. So IKSP. <laughs> IKSP. That is a term that was used in the chapter a little bit later on. And I love how it just kind of encompassed like all those, all the yes. things, right? And that's like our phrase of the day, like all the things, all the things, all the things of violent, but violent do and say and, and show and, you know, um, so. Yes. Just the shortcut way of saying all the things of our ancestors. All yeah. the things, all the things. And I want to go into a little bit deeper, but I know that we'll be going into the quotes okay. part. So. Okay. So my vocab word was mythic man, which is on page 70. And again, uh, like we gave a nod to the Filipino novelist and VM Gonzalez. Um, he coined that phrase. And what he meant was a person who is content with being human someone who feels at home in the world. And in the book, he says, like, um, da, 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 da. he was not romanticizing as some Americans must have thought. Rather, he was reminiscing about things they did not know because they had never been where he came from. How could he explain to them that his people were still in touch with their ancient myths, that their heart pulsated with the cyclical time of planting and reaping, walking and finding, sailing and arriving, that they would always embrace the sunshine, the storms, and even the rains with open arms. Yes. Mm. So the mythic man is just somebody who is just so in touch with um, the world, basically. And not like the world as in material items, but the world as in the land. But in a way that also makes that is spiritual, right? 
So, um, totally. Yeah. I mean, that reminds me question for you priestess slash ex minister (laughs) and study um that jesus quote when he said be of the world not in the world yeah what was that there's like a bible verse on it yeah that was it be of the world but not in the world so be of the world like be of nature and I like to say this to my clients when I work with them, like all the five senses that we know of, right? There's obviously more senses. That's, That's a different, different <laughs> Yes, but you know, the five senses, taste, touch, sound, smell. Um, what's the last one? I don't one? know. I always forget the fifth one. Dang. I do too. Hearing, hearing. I have it written down. No, we said, hearing. No, we said sound. sound. I said That's sound. sound. <laughs> Google's five senses. Man, five human sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. touch. Yes. All right. Yes. So to be human and to be of the world, not in the world, is to experience all these, right? And always, and always. I love that saying. Um, yeah. You know, the foods, the things, all the things. Yeah. And isn't it interesting? Like, I think. I mean, bringing it back to Jesus, perhaps that's what he was saying is don't be of the material of the world, which actually, you know, materialistic stuff like technology that takes you away from the five senses, right? Like you're not walking around, you're not present to the moment and listening to the birds. You're not feeling yourself sitting in your seat. You know what I mean? You're not present when you're like hanging out with whoever you are, you know, um, so mm-hmm. like actually mm-hmm. so it's interesting like to be of the world is actually super spiritual it's a spiritual experience yes yes sell it, sell yes. It, sell it. amen say <laughs> so it is so um yes be of the world not in the yes. world i want to be of the world every day all times yes. i'm working on it sometimes it's just so like, it's so beautiful. Like, I just sit in awe. I'm just like, wow. I don't know if you heard of Jack Cornfield. He's a very, he's a spiritual leader as well. But he does a podcast and his voice, just, I could hear him saying, be of the world, not in mm. the world. And like, so shout out to him, y'all, if you ever want to check out. He, um, when we were, you know, it's pre-COVID, like Spirit Rock in California. Mm like aware of yeah it's a spiritual center it's tucked in the hills of is it mill valley mm, I'm a, oh very beautiful i know i know i wish we had time to give you a bay area like tour i know and you come to there one but day another day another yes time. okay so um, that's all i have to say about the mythic man or woman <laughs> the mythic woman. woman i want to be a mythic woman, woman. so are you a myth? I'm trying woman? to be. That, girl, and that leads me to the transition of the quotes. Because we're on the quotes part. Look at us. Look at God. We are on. Look the- at us staying on track. We're trying real we hard. Are. We are like, we are really holding ourselves back. <laughs> I know. So 75, page 75. I brought, I wanted to. Like I mentioned earlier, I want to discuss a little bit more about the tension between modern and tribal traditions. Mm-hmm. So on page 75, I quote, I picked um, this line that Francisco de, Mit- 
Demetrio. He's an anthrop- Filipino anthropologist. And this is what he wrote about Visayan Babylons. He said, forced by life to cull from the depth of experience techniques of self-healing, the shamans kindle a memory of closeness between man and God within soul, which they are able to communicate to their fellow beings. So that quote, the rest is like the initial short ecstatic experiences during a shamanic calling could transform into a permanent disposition said the scholar in which the aspiring babylons learn to actually see the spirits after this the neophytes <clears throat> begin to internalize the spiritual spiritual her- heritage of the group demetrio found that during their tra- training most of these healers engaged in a life and death struggle with their own health often battles with unknown ailments that drive these seekers temporarily insane During such encounters, the neophyte survivor skills and will are severely tested. The reason for such hardship was a professional snag. Shamans could heal others, but could not heal themselves. Indigenous traditions from around the world all agree on this point. And I'm going to finish with these last few lines. So Babylonism today has turned into an urban quest for many Filipinos. So I was like, okay, true. That resonated with me. The search is born from the need of the colonized subject to retrieve a self that has been stolen by the colonizer, to find an identity that was lost through migration, to heal the self-defeating shame inflicted by one seduced generation who traded their elders' heirlooms for money and material goods. However, this ancient art of healing is not just learned by surfing the internet for and reading up on but I was like rude. <laughs> I feel attacked, <laughs> right? Shamanizing has to do with memories, some so deep that it may take a whole clan to remember. And that's why the Ifugao elders insist on the Mumbaki lineage. Thorough training is needed to awaken the intuitive skills of a healer, much better from earliest child on. And that's where they, remember earlier we mentioned Mumbaki was from the story of Ariel Solito, the man with the burned mm-hmm. hand and his work and how like he was able to retrieve that because he went to Palawan right and he was young and he's like this is where I need to be so that really resonated with me in, in a sense that it's kind of the discussion again around what Midori Francia said about modern and tribal traditions who can really claim themselves as a Babylon is it right to claim yourself a Babylon um, you know, especially with, as I sit in spiritual circles and, you know, my teachers are saying like, they got initiated, they got initiated, they got initiated, or they had a mentor. Mm. Um, but, uh, but with Filipino culture, it's like, unless you're in like really saturated areas where Filipino history is like shared and aware, like, um, I, you find yourself looking up Babylon online, okay? Yeah. And you find yourself connecting with people to be like, what is this part of my soul? that It's like the, the modern day way of calling back our mm-hmm. soul. Like we look up shit. Mm-hmm. Like last year, Google, this isn't even off like Filipino topic. You don't have to be Filipino to do this, but they released like the most number one question was why. It was like, there's a whole video on it. Like, wow everyone last year in 2020 because yeah we're literally in revelation apocalypse like we're in it this is the awakening the golden age so you know it makes sense that like people are just asking why they're questioning things 
questioning everything. And as you should, because you're a sovereign being and you have the right, it's your birth right to be able to make decisions for yourself mm-hmm. and just do it from a place of mm-hmm. heal, a heart centered. But the problem is a lot of us are still wounded in some areas. So what is shamanic? <laughs> like, what do shamans do? They call your soul back, right? right? And then to be like, you know, Filipino, the Philippine diaspora, it's like now we're in America. So we got to, tr- we got to go all the way back to the Philippines and we can't be doing that right now. Like, yeah. so internet. <laughs> yeah. Well, for sure. And plus, like, I'm thinking about the diaspora, like some of us um, don't even know because of colonization and because of the just the um, rejection of ancestral ways. We might not even know if there are healers in our lineage or not, because it's all it's all like hush hush. You know what I mean? Like it's hush hush because mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. quote unquote Christian or, you know, so Catholic. Catholic. So, Bro. so yeah, but I was, uh, they, I like how they said the Visayan, the Visayan Babylons, on the other hand, share a more accommodating view where shaman, shamanizing can be learned. And I was like, Hey, I'm Visayan. So, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe this is your, initiation or in you know confirmation and I feel like that's <laughs> sort of what the universe the source like it's so vast mm-hmm. right it's like your confirmation can come in many ways and you know I know this is debatable especially to the elders much respect yeah. to them and the ones who are like keeping the sacred sacred and I, I respect that and always ultimately because of so many years of oppression and 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 separation yeah. and colonization like there are it's like it's like x-men right it's like we have so many skilled individuals and communities in there could be like someone in like freaking antarctica you know what i mean this is a byline but how the hell we don't how she he or she gonna know you know yeah like because there's no one there to like be like i'm gonna teach you right but maybe that's part of the i don't know soul contracts but so you got to find your confirmation in like different ways, yeah. right? Like via a book yeah. or know, a group setting where you actually pick up a mentor. Like I think that that's what I love about this entire chapter as to why they presented all these different artists and how they, they place their, their space to give this conversation. Like who really is mm-hmm. Babylon? Because you can just live your life and never be dubbed a Babylon, but your work can still be very much. Yes. Yes. Like all of those people that we gave a nod to gave respect to and said their names in this chapter, she talks about them. And then she asks, are they Babylon? Like, I think it's rhetorical. I don't know if it's rhetorical, but she, you know, she says they're doing this, this and this like a Babylon. Are they Babylon? You know? So But yeah, I like it's there definitely is a tension. Yeah, I don't I think the term Babylon should have um, uh, some honor to it, just like shaman, like not everyone can be a shaman, right? You can't just be like, ah, I'm a shaman. (laughs) (laughs) And be like, how, but why? Right? So I think, yeah, people gonna ask, like, how, why? Who taught you? Right, like, I feel like there are definitely things that you can walk in um, that are your spiritual giftings that you can offer to the community. But the the actual title of shaman or babaylan, I feel like I don't know how to 
I don't know how we can be Bavailan. Who says we, you and I are not Bavailan, but we just can't be called like technically, like technically a Bavailan, right? It's such a, it's such a paradoxical, we're in a paradoxical yeah. age. It's, it's both and, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, because individually, right, you can consider yourself one, but then to the, to the community, they'd be like, no. <laughs> And it could be the other way around too, right? You cannot consider yourself one. The community is like, yes, you yeah. are. You know, yeah. it's both and. And I like to say that humans, as a human race, we've evolved so much that you, like I was saying earlier, like the Babylon did all the things that like Western medicine and holistic, you know, we see like Chinese medicine as well, like all combined all those things. Like, and that's not, that's, not even mentioning all the other cultures that have their own ways of like spiritual healing, but essentially like, I mean, in Latinx it's curandismo. I can't say it. They're also healers too. And they do all the things too. The IKSP, right? Yeah. Um, But that's why like, again, just the conversation about looking at someone's life, like do they embody Mm -hmm. the Babylon, what the Babylon stood Mm -hmm. for? Um, and some can embody and, and actually be dubbed it. Some can embody and not be dubbed it. But in reality, it's like, um, it's just such a, like, it's a, such a, it's such a conversation, right? To think about, like, I, I agree with you 100%. Like, you know, I wouldn't just want, I wouldn't say like, oh my gosh, I mean, you're a violin or you're, you're a shaman. Like, can you, can you summer, can you summon my side classes? <laughs> I'll give you a piece of meat. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. But if you really did, I'd be like, oh, she really is a witch. <laughs> Bruja. Bruja, 100%. Bruja no, no big deal. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, I know. I, I loved how, and I just wanted to kind of tie in, um, you know, it's on page 84 when, um, you know, the whole Lucy and Angel scene when she, Lucy reached out and Angel touched her hand. Um, Angel wrote here, I know we're, I'm breaking rules a little bit. Sorry, it's the Aquarius in me. <laughs> um, but it said, like, the forging of their relationship, meaning the, how they met, and my new understanding of the process they went through pushed me into a direction that I was able to move from the position of spectatorship to one of participation. So kind of like moving from that space of like, who am I? You know, what am, what am I being called to do? Especially as Philippinex, you know, the Philippinex community, um, wherever and whenever you're tuning in, like, you know, what, it, how, if you're willing and if you're ready, of course, not everyone will be. Um, how, what would it take and what, is, what does that look like for you to move from spectatorship into participation? Mm. What? Well- let me, can I ask that of you? I don't know. Do you... Oh, dang, girl. Um, Put you on the spot. You know. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry. Intuition brought that in, huh? Um, you know, earlier I was mentioning to you, so I live with a chronic condition. Mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with front with it for about 12, going on 13 years. And why that's why I brought up the quote about how violence like they can heal others but can't heal themselves, or um, they have they get 
kind of put through the ringer, mm-hmm. right? During the training of these healers, they engage in life and death struggle with their own health, often battles with unknown ailments that drive these seekers temporarily insane. Mm-hmm. And so I have lupus, and it's a mystery in itself. It's literally called one of the most mysterious autoimmune diseases. Um, and so my life has been a lot of, especially since I got diagnosed, physical, mental, spiritual awakening has been sort of centered around that. It's been my greatest teacher. Yeah. You know, it's pushed me in these routes. Um, and so to answer your question, long story long, <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 I see it and I sometimes and I think about like, is this diagnosis a calling or, you know, a reason for me to step into a space that would require larger presence or, you know, a larger, a louder story or whatever. And I've battled with that through the years because I'm used to playing small and I'm, you know, not really, I don't really like public speaking, (laughs) Um, but, and that's why most of my work has been one-to-one with people Mm -hmm. Um, and one-to-one with myself Mm -hmm. first and foremost, because of the, you know, the condition I live with. Sometimes I even forget I have it, to be honest, which is why this stuff is so fascinating to me because as I alchemize like the dots, the pieces of the puzzle, it's just like, whoa, like, you know, how can I take responsibility? What is my soul asking me to do in this lifeline, mm-hmm. this lifetime with this condition? Mm-hmm. You know, am I just supposed to live with it and just live my life and like, you know, every day just focus on being high vibes genuinely, right? And that can itself can be a challenge so many days. Yeah. Um, and so that's, to answer your question, I think that like, that's how I've sort of found like, you know, like, that's why I like to post on my stories, like what I'm up yeah. to and things like that, because it's really important to me to keep um, taking care of my vessel. And I've, I'm building that relationship with my body. Um, I'm going to quote Sex in the City. Do it. Because <laughs> I love media <laughs> or cinemas. But um, I think Carrie, like they're in their like late 30s, 40s. Right. And she's like, girl, it took this long for me to love my skin. Like, I understand, especially as a Philippinex mm-hmm. woman, girl. Um, so, and ironically, this is too deep for the intro. I'll stop here, but just how like autoimmune conditions are actually the immune system self-rejecting some of its organs, which is interesting as fuck. Right. Mm. So I've been sitting with that and that's sort of been drive, like driving force, you know, in everything, mostly everything that I do. Um, and it has pushed me into depths of like writing way more and reflecting way more um, and appearing here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. On top of the work that I do during the week, just working with people, I get to dive deeper here in this space um, as to how it ties to the roots right. and the roots kind of trace to the womb and the womb traces back just like um, mm-hmm. Lucy. Is it Lucy? No, Angel. Angel produced umbilical mm-hmm. cord, right? Like, the healing that the, the the umbilical cord brings us back to motherland. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it makes sense. Maybe I have a lot of um, genetic mutations from my ancestors who were stressed the fuck out because they were running and trying mm-hmm. to protect themselves mm-hmm. and survive. Mm-hmm. Right. Imagine over time, generations, like how that can mutate and it can cause disease. Mm-hmm. That's how disease manifests. So to be 
put in this seat. Um, I don't know, for whatever reason, my soul agreed to that contract. <laughs> I'm working to like release it. <laughs> because yeah, it's not a, it's not fun to like, you know, be on edge about things that could come up and you know, illnesses that might pop up or flare ups. I've had, I've had like, I would say three flare ups since I've been diagnosed mm-hmm. and going through treatments and things like mm-hmm. that. Put my ass in check. Like, all right, like this is why stress management is so imperative to me. Um, this is why eating healthier is imperative too. It's easier said than done. Yeah. And that's another conversation for another yeah. day. Yeah. Those quotes really resonated with me. It's just how like, again, healers can help others, but not themselves. But I'm like, I'm almost like fuck that. Like I want to help me, you know what I mean? Like I'm not to say I wouldn't help people if someone was like in need of help, right. like you know, someone fell or whatever. Like, <laughs> like anyone needs support, I'm I'm there. But ultimately, I think that that's sort of the age we're in. Like you can't pour from an empty mm-hmm. cup. You really can't. And mm-hmm. so, the way that I live my life is sort of how you know, how these artists in these, in this first half of this chapter, like they didn't necessarily claim their Island, but they were living a life that kind of embodied yes. like what it means to be, you know, someone who does all the things. Yes. And I'm, and in the process of decolonizing, I'm still learning mm-hmm. like about our ancient practices. Yeah. Like I wish I was able to talk to my grandmother more before she passed rest in peace, have ber- happy late birthday mama, mm-hmm. but you know, her sister, at the grave like talking about forks and like more like things my uncle interestingly said during like a dinner um whatever when she was like there visit her before she passed literally like two days before she passed and he was like yeah look at my wife she's the violin like and she was talking about house blessings and things like that and I was like dang like tell me more grandma Actually, she wants me to call her Auntie Baby because she's the baby. Who doesn't have a family member that <laughs> won't take the real title? But I love you, Auntie Baby. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, she's really my grandma. But like, it fell on me. Like, it was like, a, oh, she's an elder yeah. I could tap into to like, you know what I mean? That would be willing. And she's open to sharing that knowledge with me. And that's something that like is available here and I'm aware of it now because I'm in this decolonizing process. Right. right. Wow. Yeah. So you would say like your part, it's interesting to me. What I heard you say is like your participation, your from spectatorship to participation, right. Is because you have, you have this um, autoimmune, right so like push you into your spiritual journey but because you're in your spiritual journey because of the the autoimmune like you are able to help other people heal and I think right is that what you're saying what I a little bit I I thank you for that and I receive that um um it's it's different to hear that what you do heals others but in reality, like I could say it to others, but if someone says it to me, I'd be like, am oh, I? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know that's, it's a difficult thing to, to accept ex- or like receive. Yeah, but girl, that's what you do. That's what you are doing. And thank you. Yeah. Thank and you. your yeah. decolonization and your healing, even your healing of your ancestral lines uh, are, is helping your clients, whether or not their, their heritage is Filipino or not. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I, I, it's such a, it's such a catch 22 to live with. I will say yeah. that. Um, because in reality, what I've noticed is people don't really care about their health till something bad, quote unquote, happens yeah. to them. Right. We start eating healthier. We start exercise. I hear it all day with my clients, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like, why does it take a health scare for you to remember your mortality and for you to take care of yourself? Why can't you love yourself every day? And I ask myself that too, mm. you know, decisions we make throughout the day is it's a loving decision. And sometimes it's like, not necessarily, but you know, there's, there's many factors to consider. Right. But my, my whole point about, you know, living with a chronic condition, when I sit with it and try to look at the silver lining, it's like, okay, you were dubbed this to, you know, self-heal, find ways to self-heal. Um, and we all heal each other, right, mm-hmm. on some level, because we witness each other, we inspire each mm-hmm. other, we spark something in each other that, you know, reminds, you know, when, when I, when we have, like, I'm sure there's, like, a community member who had, like, a, a condition that was, was terminal, and they passed, and you reflect on their legacy. I think with autoimmune, it's a little bit, it's, it, it's intense in a way that, like, how do you not let this disease like cause anxiety for you every day like how do you live your life it's kind of like living your life like knowing like something can happen to me and in reality that could happen to even just a perfectly healthy right you don't have to have a disease to for you to like take your life seriously Mm -hmm. like people waking up on their deathbeds Mm -hmm. like I should have done better you know things Mm -hmm. like that it's like nah that's really what I think this whole conversation about is right being present and really just being in the moment and um, coming from a heart-centered space too um and that in itself can be work because they don't talk about disease of the heart in a spiritual way right as normalized as they would if it was like a heart attack or something right Right. you know but heart and condition whatever but anyways um so yeah that's how I feel like I'm being called. Um, some days it like sucks because I don't want to be on pills. That's why I have this plants over pills movement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you ever watch my story, shout out Steph dot and rising um, Instagram with the three for the E. Um, <laughs> but that's sort of like where I'm at right now. And I'm letting divine guide me. And it, it has been showing me like storytelling, storytelling, storytelling. Mm-hmm. So um, that's beautiful but it could change yeah. it could change anytime right yeah so. well that's beautiful sis thank you for sharing all that so my quote was from it was on page 84 from uh who you're just talking about angel velasco shaw the filipino-american filmmaker teacher and you know after she met um Lu- what what was her name lucy uh, yeah, after she met, after she met her, she created this film piece called Umbilical Cord, Creating Presence for 100 Years of Absence, where she traced the Filipino women in history. So mm. she wrote, to create presence, the Bob Island artist wrote, one must go back into darkness, into intervals of pain and joy, denial, discovery, and reconciliation to find the umbilical cord one must first go back into the womb. For Angel Shaw from New York, this womb was the homeland. Mm-hmm. So I this struck me 
um, because I came across a fact that I'd already known, but like, you know, things come across your path and you, you just have like a bigger understanding of it. Right. So, you know, biologically, I was one of the eggs in my mother's womb when she was in my grandmother's womb. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, well, what I want to say there, well, traffic jam in my brain. So this struck me just as like decolonization, decolonization work is like going back into darkness, going back into the womb healing. That's what, that's how we, that's, how we have um, uh, actual physical ties six generations back, but also mm-hmm. six generations forward, right? Yes, ma'am. And, and so um, this decolonization work is just like going back into our ancestors' like pain and joy and like how you were just talking about like maybe sometime in your ancestors that they were stressed out because they had to hide, they had to... Um, worry about being colonized, being attacked, just trying to survive, right? And so all that is in you physically. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it is it is your soul contract. You said, yes, I'll go ahead and take that. And but <laughs> right? but you are but what you are doing, um, whether or not, well, let's just say you are you are gonna be physically healed. But what I was gonna say is like your even just your work your decolonization work your spiritual work is healing something six generations back and it's going to affect six generations forward so what your work is doing is like really what your work is really really important so and my work you know but um um, but yeah that just struck me because oh, oh and this is another thing I was talking to my best friend about. I was like, it our this is kind of off topic, but since it's like that like eggs and womb that we are connected, it's through the matrilineal line, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm almost wondering if women are the one are the are the ones that can be healer are the only ones that can be healers for the Mm. ancestral line right because i mean men would have a connection back right but like women are the shit right women are it Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. um no but sorry and i i talked a lot so i didn't want to you were in flow and I, I loved it and I was like here for it. <laughs> no, that's what that's all I was gonna say. It's just that um that's why that struck me. And I just think it was interesting that, you know, we were talking about you brought up your ancestors and healing and you know, this is this is what we're this is what we're doing, right? This is the decolonization work. This is why we're that's why we ended up on the internet Googling Babylon and like finding this book and then finding each other, you and I, right? Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm, we're, we're mm-hmm. we have this pain and we have all these things of our ancestors inside of us. So it's yeah. like discovery and reconciliation. But to do that, we have to go yeah. into the pain, into the grief, into the loss of decolonization. And- yep, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we can mm-hmm. we 
have the knowledge because we have the privilege of having the internet, being in a time of having the internet and being safe to actually Google Babylon and spiritual practices without like, without being crucified. Yes. Mm -hmm. Without being physically with a physical harm. So I'm wondering if that's just why this kind of work is showing up in this generation is just because this is the generation to do that. You know, our ancestors are like, okay, y'all are safe. Y'all have the internet. <laughs> you can figure it out. <laughs> y'all can Google. Yeah. Men and women can read now, yes. you know. Right? Oh, my gosh. That just meant women can read. Women have, well, we're not, we don't have, we're still fighting for some things. But aren't we, we have, girl, we have a little more than perhaps our ancestors did but um yeah yeah absolutely 100% I love that you brought up the whole like healing yourself you heal you know generations back and forwards and how you're manif you like you're literally you have a manifestation of your future generation your daughter and how what you're doing right is healing her mm -hmm. because you're able to step into this you know more conscious parenting mothering like Shout out to JL, Jana, um, yeah. you know, creator. I think you follow yes. her too. She wrote something that I had been really thinking about, you know, the mother wound. How do I heal this mother wound? Because mm. very much been sitting with mother wounds and how, how does that organically look like for me to heal it? And this whole womb talk is, you know, understanding, you know, when I was in as an egg in my mother's you know, stomach or in, while my mom was in my grandma, my grandma was hiding from the baton, like death. March, oh my you know? God. My grandpa was. Yeah. And so like, I can only imagine the stress she was feeling oh. and the stress my mom felt when she migrated to America. <sighs> yeah. And it's just right. And, and I know that like, um, when we bring it up to our mothers, some, not all right. Um, are reluctant mm -hmm. or there's a cultural, cultural kind of understanding about you know i don't want to be general and like stereotypical but damn it we gotta acknowledge them there's some validity to some of the stereotypes that exist but just you know passive aggressive like moms don't really my mother you know love her mm -hmm. love her but just to have a conversation around like how did you feel when you came to america yeah. like where you she was by herself like she left her family mm. she was pregnant with me and she ate ice cream all day. So I blame her. Like, I would laugh with her, like, Mom, that's why I'm like a sugar addict. <laughs> you made me a crack baby. Because <laughs> like, did you see those studies where, like, the brain lights up in the same areas when you yeah. eat crack or when, yeah. when, when you consume crack or you eat sugar? <laughs> um, so talk about intergenerational curses, man. Like, or trauma, right? Um, and how... We're being called to step up, mm -hmm. some of us. Mm -hmm. And some of us, you know, my hope is that, you know, most of us do answer the call, but that's not up to me. Um, right. But this work is so, like, for our Philippinex communities, um, especially because this is another veil to the, to the sauce, to the sauce, right? <laughs> another piece of ingredient is just like being in America as a, as a Filipino X, like a Pinay, Pinoy. Yes. Like, like I was saying earlier, like, you know, with the umbilical piece, like that's also like, how do you 
tie how do you heal that cord when it's like to america too yeah and then it's like a video game right you gotta like heal this level <laughs> then you can go to that level <laughs> you can level uh, up right yeah we just need to level up man yeah. but it's it's so deep like it just it's you know we acculturate and part of decolonizing the beautiful thing about it is just remembering like you know, our heritage is very beautiful too. Mm. We're a very, we're a very loving, like, you know, people, yeah. people, very hospitable. Like in the Philippines, they're always saying, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. I kind of hate that, but you know, very polite. <laughs> yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. You know? Ma'am, 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 sir. Yes, ma'am, sir, ma'am. You, ma'am, <laughs> you want to eat? You want to eat? Yep. Um, anyways, like, yeah, beautiful, like, reflection on how, like, the umbilical cord, that was really deep for to bring up Angela's, like, film, and I want to watch it. Oh, my gosh, that's what I was going to say, too. I I don't even know how to find it. I have to, I have to Google, because we can, we can Google these days. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But, you know, but, like, so going back real quick to the egg in the womb part, you know, the decolonization work since I've been on that journey for the past few years, like I understand that I, I have understood that I can heal my ancestral line, but I think it's just recently, like, I'm like maybe even just this quote, I was like, Oh shit. Like I'm healing forward. Like I'm already in the future in my my granddaughter's, you know what I mean? Like I'm already in the and like it all time is happening at the same time, right? Like yes. that's, that's like crazy mm-hmm. to me. Like wow! Like I'm already. In it's the, that. Yeah. It's that. It's that bitmoji with the with the yeah. brain going off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, your DNA is gonna be in your granddaughter. Absolutely. I know that's crazy, but like it's, talk about legacy. It's hopeful. But that's why the, the, this work, decolonization work, is just so, so important, not just for our ancestors, not just to heal, like, ancestral trauma and to break ancestral curses, but, like, for work, too, man. So, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Man, I can't wait till we all wear, like, what, um, what is our, like, barongs and um, <laughs> all grab with our malabi. Yeah. <laughs> So as we end our conversation and close out this container with gratitude, we again wanted to bring recognition and honor to our ancestors and the ancestors of this land. Thank you for joining our conversation today. And as we end, we leave you with a blessing. May indigenous knowledge and ancestral spiritual practices continue to inspire you. May you be in touch with the mythic and feel at home in the world, embracing both the sunshine and the storms with open arms. May you experience a shamanic depth of self-healing, which you can extend to others. And if you currently find yourself in an interval of darkness, keep going for your ancestors and your kapwatid are by your side and your journey will surely lead you to joy, reconciliation and presence. May you witness the divine within yourself and others. And until we meet again, may you know that whatever happens, you are loved.